I took the lead. Where's a good station? Somebody's heart. Glorious. Glorious. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again. Relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello once again from the Guardians of Grace podcast. We're beginning another episode, so sit back and enjoy. I'm here with my good buddy and partner, Bill. Say hi, Bill. Hey, Steve. Thanks for the intro. Took you a while to say friend. <laughs> okay, my friend. What do we have in store tonight? That's funny, Bill. You totally redeemed yourself. Yeah, yeah. We got quite a podcast tonight, Steve. We got an, another redneck Greek word study. Awesome. And we got a little something from some NASA engineers that we might find interesting some on principles or some laws. Some secret. NASA information? Some secret NASA information. Okay, that'll be cool to see how that... It's going to help us understand something that we're going to do tonight and we're going to podcast tonight about. And before that, though, Bill, I want to say something. Here's what I want to say. I want to give a big shout-out to my buddy Pavel, who posts on our Guardians of Grace Facebook page. Thank you, Pavel. We're encouraged by the things that you write and the posts that you make and the little videos that you do. We just wanted to acknowledge that. And we hope that all of you guys out there will come and join our Guardians of Grace Facebook page and write in your comments, your thoughts, your Bible verses. And we want that on our Facebook page. Love so, that stuff. Love that stuff. So here is our shout out to Pavel. That's five seconds for you, buddy. I hope that works. It's just something we, we tried to do here on, on the Guardians of Grace podcast. Thanks for the encouragement, Pavel. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad we did that. That felt good to do. Okay, Bill, now... What do you have on your mind to share with us? Because I know there's something that you're itching to speak about from the Bible naturally. So I'm just going to shut up and let you share. Okay, Steve, this is a thought I had based on last week's podcast on the word translated repentance and how we demonstrated that the word actually means metanoia is the Greek word. It means to change your mind basically so we have something to change our mind about and i had a few verses in mind right at the end of romans chapter 7 and right at the beginning of chapter 8 you have these two thoughts these two quotes from the apostle paul and briefly they were wretched man that i am we want to cover that word wretched okay that's in romans seven twenty four. yeah okay Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? And then thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, the law of the spirit of the life in Christ has set me free from the law of the sin and death. And it would be so much joy just to talk about the law of the spirit of the life in Christ. But if we don't fully comprehend how much we needed that, we're going to do some just goofy ideas like accountability partners and these things we've talked about the you know that on past oh, episodes. Oh, just all the things I, I tried for about 20 years. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I was motivated to do some pretty goofy things by, by the pulpit. 
you know, last week I was a little vulnerable and I told you what I did with my accounting accountability partner. I lied to him. What, what did you do with your <laughs> accountability partner? I, I, I just ditched him. I, I just hid. I, I was unavailable for my accountability partner to do my accounting for me. Rake you over the coals? Yeah, yeah. So check that out, Steve. The law of the spirit of the life in Christ has set me free from the law of the sin and the death. There's two principles there. Yes. And you see how he said, wretched man that I am? Yes. Who will rescue me? And then he gives the answer. What was the answer, Steve? Mm -hmm. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. Not thanks be to me. Not thanks be to my accountability partner. Not thanks be to my... 30-day program that we just finished. Right. None of those get thanked. But what does get thanked is God. And it's through the law of the spirit of the life in Christ that set me free from the law of the sin and death. Now, these are two principles, Steve. They're like laws of dynamics when, when it gets down to That's it. That's exactly it, it, what It's they were. the small L law. It's not the law with a capital L. It's a small L law. And it, it's talking about a law as in the law of gravity. Like a principle. Yes. That's first observation you have to make is that we're talking about a principle type law, like a law of gravity, as I just mentioned. Before we get into these two principles, remember there's a second principle called the law of the spirit of the life in Christ. And what makes a what makes something a law is its consistency 100% of the time. So if Steve was to think he could beat the law of gravity. Yeah, I, what are you doing with that brick in your hand, Bill? What I'm going to do is I'm going to take this brick and drop it on Steve's foot. <laughs> to demonstrate, unless you've already convinced that the law of gravity is oh, going to get your foot hurt. Yeah, I am I am 100% convicted that if you drop that brick from your shoulder height onto my foot, it's going to hurt like a big dog. It is. So we won't do that. Okay. Are you equally you, convinced? Are you equally convinced, Steve, that the law of the sin and the death will never allow you to live the victorious life? I am just as certain of that as I am of the law of gravity keeping me from just flying off in the air. Both of these two laws were 100% of the time. This is what I think Paul is trying to get to, that the law that he's speaking about is just as sure as the law of gravity that we know about. So let's go to where the conversation is, where Paul is having the conversation. Let's go to Romans and and dissect it. Okay, and there's two laws there. Yes. And one overcomes the other. And one overcomes the other. You could say is a higher law. Yes, it is. But unfortunately, we're not going to be able to appreciate the higher law until we see the hopelessness of the first principle called the law of the sin and the death. So let's maybe start in verse 14. Let me start in verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of flesh sold into bondage to sin. That needs a little unpacking. Yes, it does. What does it mean that I am of flesh? We need to understand that phrase before we go on at all. Correct. Should we just... And we really need to explain the law. Now he's not talking about a principle. He's talking about the Mosaic law. Yeah, that's why it's got a capital L, the law, meaning the Mosaic law. And then he says, but I am of flesh sold into bondage to sin. Let's just reiterate that this word flesh comes from the Greek word sarks or sarcoukos, and it can mean the skin on, on your arm. It can mean the, the meat around the bones. It can mean all of humanity. 
It can mean your human nature, the nature that you were born with, the edemic nature. It can mean the edemic nature. It can mean your sinful nature. All through the New Testament, it, it begins to speak about your human nature, your human capabilities, your human effort, and all that you as a human can and can't do. That's what he means. I am of flesh. I am a human being born with a human nature that is sold into bondage to sin. I just thought we needed to get that good and clear before before we go on. Should I go on? I think that that pretty much gets it. And I think it is actually the sin. It is. You're right. That's that's worth making a note about, too. It's the sin, the same as the sin that was crouching down next to uh, Cain. When God said sin is crouching down next to you, desiring to have you, but you must master it. It's personified. We're going to see later in this chapter that it says the sin is living in me. It becomes personified. And as we know from back in Genesis, Cain never mastered the sin. The the sin, singular, mastered Cain. And apparently we're going to read where the Apostle Paul never masters it either. Right. Paul doesn't either. Not in his flesh. Not in his human capabilities. You keep saying flesh and I'll keep iterating that it's his human. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to read the next verse. For that which I am doing, I do not understand. For I am not practicing that which I will to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. So he's saying, I don't, I I know I'm sold into bondage to this sin, this sin guy, because I don't even understand what I'm doing. I'm practicing the, or habitually doing the very thing that I hate and I do not will to do. It's interesting though, back to our word, Poeo and Prazo, he's saying that not a single time do I do what I want to do, but I habitually practice what I want to. This word says I hate. So it's saying I am not doing a single time what I will to do, but I am practicing the very thing I hate. And how about verse 16? Okay, but if I do the very thing I do not will to do, I agree with the law, confessing that it's good, meaning I I want to obey the Ten Commandments. I agree that they're totally awesome, that they're the thing to believe in and put your confidence in. And I do put my confidence in doing them, but I just find that I'm not doing them. And I confess that they're good. So that the law is right on. Yeah, he is. And I just noticed that there's not a problem with his will or his desire, is there? No. He really wants to do this. He confesses it is good to obey the law. He's willing to do it, but he doesn't have the ability is the problem. Yes. So should I read verse 17? Because we're going to begin to look at this principle, this aerodynamic principle. So now, no longer am I the one doing it, but the sin which dwells in me. Do you see how lives in me? The sin which lives in me. Do you see how it begins to be personified as a living entity that lives within Paul, within Paul's human nature? Now, not within his spirit, but within his human nature this sin lives. Do you see that? Because that's exactly what it said. Verse 17. Now, I no longer am the one doing the evil I hate, but it is sin which lives in me doing the evil I hate. And he thinks it's him doing it. 
or before this verse. Be- before that, I always thought it was me doing it. Can I you, always did too. I thought I was a basket case. What's wrong with me? Can you imagine what a change of mind I have to do right now to accept this scripture? I tell you what, it's so powerful that something inside of you is preventing you from wanting to do what you want to do. That's why I said we got to spend some time on this law of the sin and the death. Yes, yes, because... You uh, mistakenly likened it to the principle of aerodynamics. Yeah, I know, I know. But it's more like the law of gravity. Gravity, right. Your best effort to jump 50 feet... You, you won't do it. I've seen you jump, Steve. You, yeah. 14 right, inches right, is... Right, good. that's tops. That's <laughs> tops. But for 20 years... I kept thinking it was my lack of dedication or my lack of willpower, as all of us did, as all of Israel did. Do you realize that this sentence in verse 17, so now it's no longer me doing it, but sin that lives in me is the first time in recorded biblical history that this idea has ever been brought out. This is a revelation that was hidden through generation to generation. It was a mystery, a mysterion. Mysterion, yes. Let's just think about that a minute. It's no longer I, but the sin living in me. It was no longer Israel, but it was the sin living in Israel that kept Israel from pleasing God for 2,000 years, even though they joyfully agreed with the law too. They all wanted to do it. You can read all through there where they say, I changed my mind. I'm going to repent and I want to obey this law. I'm going to do it because God is good and God has done so much for me that I'm going to do this. I'm going to straighten up and live the Christian life. They always thought back then, just like I always thought when, when I was a young Christian, they never knew that the reason they were falling short of the glory of God was because of this idea that sin dwells in, and let me get this clear, sin dwells in their human nature, not their spirit, their human nature. And I'm going to say flesh. <laughs> flesh. That's my part. Yes, yes. And where did the sin, it it came in, remember, from Adam. The sin was believing the lie. Yes. Man, Adam, was created in the image of God, and God rested and said, everything is good, very good, he said. But Adam believed the lie that there was something wrong with this idea that he could just rest in God's finished work. Yes, and just to substantiate what you were saying about sin came in through Adam, that's exactly what Romans 5.12 says. Therefore, just as through one man, Adam, sin entered into the world and death through sin, so death spread to all men. So we all have this principle in us called the sin. The sin man. Is it okay for me to use the word the sin man? Because it's very illustrative and it is talking about a living entity that dwells in him. I should call him Mike Tyson. It's very okay because it just said it's the sin living in me. Yes. In verse 17. So we're going to personify the sin. Okay. And then the death got its entrance from the sin. Exactly. And the death is what he's feeling right now. Feeling like, I can't do what I want to do. That's the death. Yeah, just like what Paul said in verse 9. I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came in, sin sprang to life. He came alive and living in me, and I died. I had that feeling of death. Naked and ashamed. I felt so ashamed of myself that I wished I was dead. Well, look what the introduction of the law brought in, in verse 14. Didn't he just say, I once was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life. That's when all this battle started. Whenever you get under any kind of legalistic mindset, thinking that, 
somehow you can contribute to this glorious Christian life that's been provided to you for free that you can rest in, the resting in the Spirit, and somehow your mind gets, because of the sin, the deception of the sin, it brings you back in, there has to be something I need to do, or there has to be something I need to stop doing, in my case. Yes, over and over you go. You're back on the Ten Commandment mentality, the legalistic treadmill, the, the roller coaster of human effort. I don't know how many ways we can say it, but when you get under that Ten Commandment mentality, mentality, you find yourself sinning because you just gave sin its power. Do you remember 1 Corinthians 15, 56? The, the power, power of, of sin, sin is the is law. Sin's strength comes from the law. Yes, you know the verse that followed that, I once was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life, I died. Yes. It says that sin, literally the sin guy again. The sin guy. Seizing the opportunity uh, afforded by what? The commandment. We're talking about Romans seven eleven. It says the sin guy, what? Deceived, deceived me, me and through the, the law killed me made me feel like a wretched man that I am. Is not sin deceptive? That's why First Corinthians calls, Second Corinthians calls the law the ministry of death because the law brought the feeling of death warmed over in Paul every time his commandment mentality kicked in. This being under the law is a problem, Steve. Sin actually takes advantage of what is good. Yeah. And we're going to see that in a few short verses. I'm yeah. jumping ahead Yeah, because yeah. of my you, excitement. You, you tell me when to... Or depression. To, yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Tell me when to read and I will. We can e- camp out on these verses as long as you want, though, because this, I mean, this is the first time on the planet that this revelation has ever been revealed. So it is something to that behold. That sin living these, in me? Yeah, these few verses are something to behold. Every Christian should get a hold of this. Sadly, it's still a secret to, it is. to many people. It is so veiled. It was probably a secret for me for the first at least eight, nine years of my Christian experience. I'll give you some testimony. I went to a Bill Gother seminar when I was about 20. I won't tell you how many years ago that was, but I went to a Bill Gother seminar and he said, if you purpose to memorize Romans 6, 7, and 8, and we're talking 35 years ago, oops, (laughs) you will unlock the secret to living the Christian life. If you purpose to memorize chapters Romans 6, 7, and 8, and I memorized them, and it was eight years later that I began to understand what I memorized. So he was right, but the delay was... Yeah, it's understanding what these scriptures are saying right here. That's why we want to bring these out, because hopefully, by God's grace, Everybody who listens to this podcast will gain an understanding of this passage because it is so vital to the Christian to learn this about himself. And I just feel we got to throw out a lifeline. It's going to get better. Yes, that's true. It is very good news. It, it is literally going to tell you how to live the Christian life. I No, let me rephrase that. How to live a successful life. Christian victorious, life, yes. a victorious Christian life. It's so good, Steve. Yeah, but we got to get the seriousness of this problem called the the law of the sin or the principle of the sin. Yes, we do have to get the seriousness. All we got to do is check our conscience. We know that for twenty years we've been a miserable failure, and I can say this speaking for everybody that listens to this podcast. You you know you've been a miserable failure and have let yourself down ever since you became a Christian. You have not lived up to your own expectations. I know I never did. So three things so far we need to, we've learned. Yes. We learned it's not us doing it. It's right. the sin. We've learned that the the law of the sin makes us miserable 
and we know that the power of sin actually comes from putting yourself un- under some sort of legalism. Um, uh, some form of legalism. Some. So, so far, that's... And most importantly, we've, we've learned it here, and we're going to keep learning it, that this law of the sin or this principle of the sin and the death is a consistent principle. Yeah, we're going to see just how... Just like the, the analogy of, of me dropping a brick on Steve's foot. Yes, yes. In, in other words, when you get yourself on the performance treadmill, you have literally just dropped a brick on your foot, on your own foot. And some of the anxieties and some of the feelings so horrible, I think I would have rather taken a brick on the foot than go through the just the mental torture and... Me too. Condemnation, I felt. Me too. I've like actually, an utter failure. Yeah, I've cried like a baby, just so embarrassed with my behavior on certain days that I've literally cried like a baby, wishing I didn't do what I wanted to and wondering why I can't live the life that I want to because as far as dedication, I was dedicated. I was dedicated. And you know what else, Steve? This, this feeling isolates you too. Because, one, you don't feel like getting around other Christians because you probably in your mind think they're doing way better than me and they're going to right away know I'm not doing good. Or you're just compassionate and why bring this mercy, this misery on someone someone else? So I, I know exactly how you felt and it is some kind of pain to just feel like you're just this utter failure. It brings in fear, it brings in this despair and it's not the Christian experience it's no. not the victorious Christian experience but this is well, let's just get back to okay the let me read verse 17 again okay because I want you to wrestle with this one thought so now no longer am I the one doing this evil but sin that lives in me is doing the evil let me ask you this question. Do you believe this verse? I believe. Could no. you say to yourself, I don't do the sin, but the sin living in me does the sin? Could you actually let yourself off the hook? Reading this verse, is it unsettling? Because you always thought that you were the one that was doing the sin, that you're going to suffer the consequences for doing the sin, but you thought that it was actually you and a lack of determination on your part doing the sin. Can you break free from that thought right now? Because this would be 20th century repentance, if you could. Could you repent from thinking, I'm the one who does the sin. I am sinning. I should take responsibility for my sins and say, it's no longer me doing it, but sin that dwells in me because it's this scripture that is telling you that sin dwells in me. It is the scripture that you're going to start wrestling with tonight. Yeah. Am I going to behave according to the scripture or believe according to the scripture or believe according to my experience or what I hear, my traditions. Yes. It's important that you believe the scripture, though, for the sake of beginning to walk an exemplary Christian life. This is scriptural, so to speak. I, I I mean, this is worth praying for. Lord, please allow these scriptures to rule the day. When it says... I'm no longer doing the evil, but sin that lives in me is doing the evil. Allow us to give us the faith to believe that because that's right on written on the page in our Bible. Our Bible is telling us a temporal doctrine right there. That's a temporal truth about ourselves. It's actually sin that dwells in us. This, And we're going to see it gets illustrated next as a law of dynamics yes it gets illustrated once as as a sin guy that overpowers you 
that lives in you. And then it, it becomes a law of dynamics that you find in the members of your body. So we're going to get into this second illustration. Tell you another benefit, Steve. It also allows you to accept other people. Yes, it does. And be around them and not excuse it, but understand it and have compassion. It gives meaning to, to the phrase, hate the sin, but love the sinner. It's exactly what. That's where that phrase comes from. People understanding that it is no longer them that does these sins. It's this law of dynamics working within them or this personified entity working within them. Hate the sin, but love the sinner. I think it's a present passive indicative. It is. It is. If we want to get into the Greek grammar, you nailed it. And an indicative statement is where you get your doctrine from. Indicative statements, state or declaratives, statements of fact, are the ones that you get your doctrine from. And this doctrine is that it's sin that dwells in you. It causes you to live the life that you're ashamed of. It is sin that lives in you that is constantly embarrassing yourself. And this sin that's living in us is activated by By, the the introduction of legalism. Yes, legalism, performance treadmill, ten commandment mentality. But grace puts the sin guy to bed. Yeah, sin no longer will be your master because you are not not under under law, but under under grace. grace. See, sin is not your master when you're under grace, but when you're under the performance ideology, sin becomes your master because then you're trying to live the Christian life in the weakness of your human effort. A a verse that we're going to look at in a little while. It's going to say because of the weakness of the flesh. No match for the the sin guy. No. So, verse 18... Should we go on? Okay. Verse 18. Get a load of this, you guys. Please listen carefully. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my human nature. That's important, Steve. My flesh. You're supposed to say my flesh now. I missed my cue. You missed your cue. Let me do it again. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my human nature. It is sometimes translated flesh. Yes. For the willing is present in me, or the wishing is present in me, but the doing of good is not. Have you guys got what I just said? For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my human nature. Okay, stop right there. Okay. We got to divide in me into two compartments, for lack of a better word. Okay. Because the Spirit lives in me. Yes. That's why he makes the distinction. That is in my... He he points that out. That's a good, good observation, Bill. He distinguishes. He says, that is in my human nature. He didn't say, that is in my spirit. No, No, he did not. He did not. He says, that is in my human nature. It's no good thing. Is no good thing. No good thing dwells in me. Zero, zip. That's why why he, he said, for the law is spiritual, but I am of human nature, a human being. Sold as a slave. Sold in bondage to sin. I'm a human being that is in bondage to sin, the sin that dwells in me that is in my human nature. See, all these verses are telling us the same thing. That's why it's so profitable to memorize this section of Scripture. It is. So I see no good thing that is in my flesh, the compartment of flesh. For the willingness or the wishing is present in me, I'm making all the right choices. I choose to do the right thing, just as Joshua 24 said, choose this day which God you'll serve. I choose to serve the living God, 
but the doing of good is not, which is exactly what it went on to say in Joshua 24. He said, choose this day which God you'll serve. Israel said, we will serve the living God. He says, but you can't. The same thing Paul is saying here. The wishing is present in me. The commitment is present in me, but the doing of good is not. I just can't do what I want to do with this sin guy dwelling in me. So is it fair to say Israel chose to serve God? They chose to serve God. They were wishing to do good. But didn't have the ability. They were willing to do good. That's the thing, Steve. A lot of what I thought was a will. Yes. You've heard that. You make choices. Get you have a free will. You make choices. Get determined the night before you go out that you're not going to sin tomorrow night. Remember Make that things? decision ahead of time. Ahead of time. Yes. Remember those things? I know everybody who's listening to us has heard that before. We've done all those things. When you go out on a date, make sure you don't go parking. You drive straight home. Yes. Make that decision ahead of time. Yes. Yes. It's choices. No lover's lane. Here's the thing. Israel chose always to do the good. In fact, they said, um, we will serve the Lord. Yes. I Um, always chose. I always said I'll serve the Lord. I had me, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord doormat. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. 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 The doormat. I remember that. In your doorway. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) I felt like a hypocrite. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm beginning to realize I wasn't a hypocrite. But it wasn't because of your will or your desire. It was always there. Or commitment level. It was genuine. I thought it wasn't genuine, but it was genuine. You really wanted to do it. I did too. Yeah. So did Paul, evidently. Yes, he did. And Paul did way better than a lot of people in his weakness of his flesh. He had... Weak flesh, but compared to other people's flesh, it was much better, I guess you could say, if that's any consolation. Yeah. Okay, so let me read verses 18 and 19. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my human nature. In my divine nature, the Spirit of God dwells in me, but in my human nature. For the wishing is present in me, But the doing of good is not. For the good that I wish to do, I do not do a single time. But I practice the very evil that I do not will to do, or I do not wish to do. I practice the very evil, means habitually do the very evil that I don't wish to do. Continually. Continually. It's the word prazo. Prazo again. And I wanted to say something, if I could. Yes. You see where it says wishing? Yes. Now, I think that's the Greek word thelemo or boyo. Yeah. I know I'm butchering it with my redneck Greek, but I think it's thelemo, which is translated a lot of times the will. The will. Yeah. The good that I will to do. I am totally willing to do it. You can say the will. I make the right choices. Your will is a slave to the sin. Yes. In spite of its, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But everybody could applaud my choices. Oh, your choices are right on. Yes. And so were mine. So were mine. Just doing them wasn't. Okay. That's what he says. The The carrying them out is not present. The wishing of them to happen is present. The desire for them to happen is present. The willingness, the resolve to do them is all there. The commitment's there. The ability is not. The, it's the ability that's not there. That's the issue. Going back to the law is spiritual, but I'm unspiritual. Do you see the incompatibility? Right. Of, a, of flesh and spirit. They're yeah. not compatible. Asking They're, a human being to do what only a spirit can do. In a little while, we're going to bring out our NASA Yeah, it's analysis. coming up right now. Let me read verses 19 and 20. Four, the good that I will to do, I do not do. Not but at the same I time. But I practice 
the very evil I do not wish. But if I am doing the very thing I do not wish, I am no longer the one doing it, but it's sin that dwells in me. Again, he says that one verse that we need you to wrestle with. He says, I'm not doing the sin. It's the sin that dwells in me is doing the sin. Repeat with me, I'm I'm not not doing doing the the sin, sin, but the the sin sin that that dwells in me is doing the sin. Do you believe these scriptures? Do you believe them? They're clear. You can't say I don't understand them. They're very easy to understand. We either believe it or we don't. We either believe it or we don't. Either the traditions rule the day or pastors that we've heard from long ago still rule the day with a convincing, fine-sounding argument or the scriptures rule the day. Solo scriptoris. Only the scriptures rule. Tell you, there's something powerful about traditions. Jesus said in Mark seven twelve that your traditions make the word of God of no effect. Yes, Lord. So please we let can these read this, and it, if it's of goes, no effect, if your tradition is yeah. that it's me sinning, and then you can read it and say it's me sinning. I'll tell you what. At one time, when I began to understand these verses, it, it scared me. I had to wrestle with this. Am I doing the sin, or is it sin that dwells in me? Is there really a living entity that dwells in me that it beats me up and masters me and makes me do what I don't want to do? It, it seems to match up with my everyday life because I've gone into a crowd saying, this is what I want to say, and then I say the very opposite of what I want to say when I'm in the crowd. Yeah. I know everybody can relate. I can relate. My hand is raised. Yeah. Okay. So do we believe it? Do we believe it? It's as simple as that. If you do believe it, you'll get set free. You'll get set free from the human performance treadmill that you may have been living on your whole life. And if you don't believe it, we're going to have to drop a brick on your foot a few more times before you get it. (laughs) That This is a consistent principle. Amen. Okay. So you see... One more time, he gives the analogy of the sin man that dwells in me is doing the evil that I don't want to be doing. That's in verse 20. Now, let's read verse 21 because here's where we get into our law of gravity illustration. Okay. Uh, Verse 21. I find then the principle that evil is present in me the one who wishes to do good. I find then this law of dynamics that evil is present in me, the one who wills to do good. That's three times we've been told the same thing. Yes. Sorry, go ahead. Look at your side footnotes when you read verse 21, where it says, I find then this law that evil is present in me it's a small l law and on your side footnotes it'll say principle it does in mine or if you're like mine it says then the principle that evil is present in me is how my scripture actually reads then the side footnote is the law with a small l but either way we're talking about a law of dynamics or a principle This Bible is trying to tell you and bring to all of humanity out a mystery that was hidden for all the generations before this, that there is something like a law of dynamics in the Christian that makes them not do what they want to do. Consistently. Consistently. See what a principle means. It means... Something that happens every time it's practiced. Yes. Is, consist- is a principle or a law. And this is maybe as good a time as any to bring out this law of gravity. Yeah. I tell you what, let me read verses 22 and 23 j- just so they'll know what you're talking about. Yes. Okay. For I joyfully concur with the law of God. There he goes saying, I really want to do this. I really 
have always wanted to live the Christian life. I joyfully concur with the law of God. Some versions actually say, I joyfully concur with the law of God in my mind. But then verse 23 goes on to say, but I see a different law, as in a law of dynamics. I see a different principle in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin which is in my members. Let me read that again. I see a different principle in the members of my body. I see a different law of dynamics going on in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members, the law of dynamics of sin, the dynamics of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will set me free from this body of death? He gives up. He gives up. But see, he is calling this a principle, a law of dynamics, and that's the first time in all of recorded history, the first time of all the Bible, the first time of all the ages that this mysterious law of dynamics has ever been mentioned or made known. Paul is making it known to you so at least you can know why you behave the way you do and why you let yourself down. At least you know why now. So now we see, Steve, why Paul is so excited to say thanks be to God through Jesus Christ now that the law of the spirit of the life in Christ has set me free from this consistent principle called the law of the sin and the death. And right before he makes that statement, he says, wretched man that I am. And I'd like to give you just a definition of what wretched means. It comes from a Greek word. You see where it says wretched man that I am? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's the word teleoporosis. It's a little redneck Greek for me. That's your redneck Greek, huh? (laughs) And it means enduring trial and miserable. Miserable. Oh, miserable man that I am. Kind of fits, doesn't it? Oh, I cried that so many nights trying to obey the law and be a good Christian. I said, I'm so miserable. It's made out of two other Greek words, a combination of the two. Forget the word there. It's redneck Greek combination of two words. Teleton and Perea. I know I mispronounced both of them. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, you redneck. <laughs> if you pronounce Teleton <laughs> as Telenon, you, you might be a redneck. <laughs> so Teleton is the first part of the word wretched, and it means a balance, supporting weight. And Perry means a trial, an, an attempt, an experience. So you have weight. Remember, weight in the Old Testament is used for what word? Glory. glory. Yeah, the glory or the weight of God. Yes. And all of us have sinned and fall short of the, the weight, weight of, of God. God. The glory of God. The second word means a scale. Or the first word meant a scale and the second meant a weight. So this law of the sin, the law of the sin and the death is a weighted scale that shows you because it's you trying to do it in your own human effort or your flesh, it's never going to do it. It's going to be weighed in the balance and found wanting, found falling short. Amen. So he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, who died to that, paid the penalty for that, and set me free. So now the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free for what the law was powerless to do as it was weakened by the flesh. God did by sending his son, Jesus Christ, so that the righteous requirements that we were trying to do in our flesh are fully met by us who walk, not according to the flesh, not according to human effort but according to the Spirit's power. You see that, Steve? I, I, yes. I so it's hope, good news. Yes, I hope everybody sees this. 
And I was going to, if we have time, give you this illustration. My sister works at NASA. She's an engineer, actually smart. Yes. And, and I just want everybody to notice that he said the law or the principle of life in Christ set me free. In other words, he's talking about a law of dynamics again. The second law of dynamics, the one that sets you free from the first law of dynamics, the law of sin and death. It's That's exactly what I was saying, Steve. It's one principle. The first principle is the law of the sin and the death. Yes. The second principle or law is actually a higher law. Yes. And it's called the law of the spirit of the life in Christ. Exactly. It overcomes the limitations of the first principle. We have something that, that you can all relate to. We all know what gravity is from the... We didn't need to hit... Steve's foot. Drop on the, Thank you, Lord. But we are subject to this law of gravity. We, we There's no way out of it. We can't escape it. But there's another law called... Another principle called the, the law or the principle of aerodynamics... Gravity is weight. Yes. It holds you down. It's because of the pull of the the core of the earth drawing you to the ground. Yes. Works every time. Consistently. Constantly at work. And you can't escape it. No. There's no escaping. But there's a higher law called the law of aerodynamics. And it works through three things. And they actually call this the Holy Trinity yeah. of the law of aerodynamics. <laughs> yeah. And it works with wind. That's funny. Which is okay. what Jesus said. The spirit is like the wind. Yeah, right. But there's three things. There's drag, thrust, and lift. Yes. Okay. And so drag is when you're walking, there, there's a drag on you because you're, you're walking against the wind. You don't actually see it. The faster you go, the greater the drag yes. becomes. I'm with you, brother. But when you have a plane, yes, the faster you go, the more drag goes under the wings and actually is called lift. And the way lift works is with thrust. Thrust is the power that gets the plane going. For, in a forward motion. In a forward motion. Cutting through the wind. Cutting through the wind and using the drag of the wind to go under the wing, the wing and lift the, the plane, plane up. Right. But the thrust has to be stronger than the weight. Okay. So that the law, so back to our analysis, the law of the spirit has to be stronger than the law of the sin and the death. death. Yes. And the good news, it is. And even better news, it's a consistent principle. Yeah. And the rest of the news is that I'm not stronger than the principle. That's why I said, Steve, it's so important that we get this wretched man that I am who will rescue me from this body of death thanks be to God for the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of the sin and death and I don't want to just cup, just pass over, over, the, over the sin and death because it's important Yes, and I think we're going to have to do a part two on this podcast Steve let's just make sure what we've said we've made clear can you recap for us yeah, well, I just want to make clear that we're talking about this second law of dynamics, the one that, and the only one that outperforms that first law. I want us to know that our human capabilities do not have enough thrust nope. to get us past the law of sin, the law of dynamics about sin taking control over us and mastering us. Our human strength does not have enough thrust to defeat that law of dynamics, that law of dynamics that was a mystery up until Romans 7, 14 through 25 was written. It was a mystery. That law of dynamics cannot be broken by our human nature, it never could. 
but the spirit that was placed in us when we were born again carries with it a law of dynamics of its own. And the law of dynamics that the spirit of the life of Christ has can set us free from the law of sin that wages war in our members and makes us a prisoner of sin. Well, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus can set us free from that law of sin and death. Just read this passage and see if that's not what it's telling you verbatim. Just the exact same way that the law of aerodynamics overcomes the law of gravity. Yes. So now we have learned the reason why we behave like we do. It was because this sin guy was in us and the spirit guy can defeat the sin guy. Or the way the reason we behave the way we do was because of this law of dynamics that was in us. But the law of dynamics of the spirit can set us free from that futility from that embarrassment do you and the want condemnation to that goes with it and the con that's the death yes do you want to live the exemplary christian life this passage is telling you in a nutshell depend on the spirit change your mind change your mind which is what we should do in the next podcast is just do that podcast about what we depend on to be this futility that we've been living in our Christian life, because I know the testimony of most everybody out there is that they've lived a life of futility and they didn't know why they were embarrassing themselves constantly, but they were constantly falling short of their own goals, their own standards, which you out there in the listening audience have set for yourselves. You don't live up to those. And at least now you know why, because there was forces working against you that come to life when you put yourself under the Ten Commandment mentality. The Ten Commandments were only given to us, as Romans 4 says, through the law comes the The knowledge knowledge of of sin. sin. How much you missed the mark the law just taught you how much you missed the mark when you're trying to live the Christian life. That's, That's what that word wretched means, Steve. It means it's, miserable. it's weighing the balance and you fall short. You and don't measure up. You don't measure up. And the law is what taught you that. That was the purpose of the law. That's what it says in Galatians chapter 4, that the, the law became our tutor to lead us to Christ. It kept showing us how far off the mark we are, how much we fall short of the glory of God. And it became our tutor to lead us to Christ because Christ in us is the hope of glory, Colossians 1.27. Christ in us is the secret, the mystery of living the Christian life. It's Christ in us, and our life is supposed to be a life of dependency on the Spirit of God that was placed in us when we were born again. That's why we have a new covenant, the new covenant in which he said, I will place my Spirit in you and cause you to walk in my statutes, cause you to live the Christian life that you could be proud of. I'll put my spirit in you. That's the new covenant he made with man. Why? Because he found fault with the first covenant because he He found found fault fault with with the the people. people. They could not live up to their end of the covenant. Well, we see now the mystery of why they couldn't live up to their end of the covenant. It's explained to us in Romans chapter 7 that mystery which was hidden for all generations and seems to be hidden in the 21st century. It seems to be hidden. It was hidden from me. We still think it's a commitment problem. We still think it's a commitment problem. Do you realize it's not a commitment problem? I still think it's a commitment problem, even though I know better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a load of that. Ain't it the truth? But yeah, next week I think we should camp out on, on what sets us free how we get free from living a comical Christian life. Next week's going to be even better. Yeah, next week is good news. 
the good news, yes. So do you want to close us in prayer? Yeah, thank you, Father God. Thank you that the law of the spirit of the life, your life in us is our hope of glory. Christ in us, our hope of glory. Thank you, Father. Show us this unbelievable power that's available to us, like the working of your mighty strength, which you exerted in your son and raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of God. And you've put that same power in us. It's called the law of the spirit of the life in Christ, and it allows us to live victorious. I pray that you would renew our mind to that, that you would, through your spirit, you would convince us that what we shared in Romans 7 is really true. It's really true. And what we shared in Romans 8 about the law of the spirit setting us free from the law of the sin and death is equally true. And that's the good news. And I pray, Father God, reveal that to us. Set us free in your spirit. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Good night, everyone. Thank you, everybody. We love you.